are back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 radio network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdolls at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, you can call 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments there, and if they're relevant, we'll use your call on a future broadcast. That number again, 772-245-0750. Well, all of a sudden, the mainstream news media is concerned about leaking classified information. They spent the whole weekend in the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Talking Heads and the Sunday News shows wringing their hands and worried that the president had ordered William Barr or had delegated to William Barr the authority to declassify any information uncovered during his investigation into the origins of the Russiagate hoax. Now, that doesn't mean Bill Barr is going to do it or he's going to do it irresponsibly. Bill Barr started his career at the CIA. He has been, um, you know, at the highest levels of governments um, in both parties. And there's no reason whatsoever to believe that he would exercise this delegation irresponsibly. But you never would have known that to read the New York Times or the Washington Post, who basically accused Barr of being a political hack and a tool of uh, Donald Trump, and uh, that uh, there's no reason to look into these matters, that all of this has been settled by the Mueller report, which was almost completely unaddressed in the Mueller report, except to parrot the claims uh, made on CNN and MSNBC by Clapper and Brennan. Very little investigation into the foreign efforts or the efforts on foreign soil to spy on American citizens. The, the efforts to look into the identities of Hank Greenberg, who approached uh, Michael Caputo with uh, notions of, you know, buying dirt on Hillary Clinton or Felix Sater, who dangled the prospect of a Trump Tower in Moscow before Michael Cohen in order to try to engineer a phone call between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. None of these things were looked at. Mueller wasn't there to get into the origins of the Trump uh, takedown effort. Mueller was there to cover up the wrongdoing on behalf of James Comey, Jim Clapper, and John Brennan. And it's absolutely appropriate that William Barr has appointed um, the Attorney General for Connecticut, Durham, to look into these matters and to uh, delegate the authority, which is perfectly normal. You would think uh, by reading these stories, that uh, delegating the authority to declassify information was uh, just unheard of. In fact, it's how almost all information gets declassified. The president 
delegates his authority, and the authority belongs to him and him alone, to determine what is appropriate uh, to keep our nation's secrets. And William Barr has said that there was spying in this campaign and that he, um, he needs to investigate to determine whether or not there was a legitimate reason, an adequate predication, as he says, which means probable cause, in order to issue these FISA warrants. Now, they want to continue to focus on the FISA warrant against Carter Page, but the truth of the matter is, before Barr's through, I fully expect that we're going to find out about other FISA warrants, not only against Page, but also against Papadopoulos and Manafort and uh, and also um, direct directly targeted at Trump Tower, where... There was uh, this surveillance effort to try to confirm allegations made in Christopher Steele's phony dossier that Trump Tower servers were communicating with the Alpha Bank in, in Russia. That was, that was uh, debunked. But here's the issue that I'm wanting to get at. These are the same people at the Washington Post and the New York Times who greedily and recklessly published every leak from the intelligence community in the immediate aftermath of the 2016 presidential election that was basically uh, this continued attack by the intelligence and law enforcement communities on a newly elected president trying to cover their butts and delegitimize the incoming president with hopes of getting him impeached before he did what he's doing now, and that is uh, getting to the bottom of the political use of the FBI, the CIA, and the NSA, and the use of these massive surveillance powers that were granted post-9-11 toward political ends. These are the same organizations, the New York Times and the Washington Post, that gladly published the Pentagon Papers during the Vietnam War that sabotaged our war effort, took the case to the Supreme Court, who agreed that um, that news outlets were perfectly um, legal in publishing uh, state security uh, secrets as long as they didn't participate in, uh, in leaking those, those, those secrets. The hypocrisy from these people is stunning. I guess that's really not true. At this point, we've sort of become to expect hypocrisy from them. But the way that they can just turn on a dime uh, on one day, leaking sensitive national security secrets, and then on the next day, spinning around and saying that Trump's efforts to declassify the origins of the Russiagate hoax, which at this point is quite clear, was an attempted coup by the Obama administration. I believe it went all the way into the White House. I believe this whole thing was directed by President Obama himself in the interests of getting Hillary Clinton elected and 
to uh, to gain vengeance against Donald Trump for his uh, repeated attacks on Obama and the whole birther um, issue. Donald Trump, for years, insisted that Barack Obama wasn't born in the United States, that he was born in Kenya. Now, I don't believe that's the case. I do believe that Donald Trump was born in Hawaii. I think Obama and his, um, his handlers salted that story about the uh, uh, being born in Kenya in order to try to deflect attention away from the fact that his father was not a Kenyan goat herder that came to the United States and went to college. His father was Frank Marshall Davis, a communist organizer from Chicago who had moved to Hawaii and taken up an affair with Obama's mother. I digress. <laughs> so so anyway, last uh last uh, week I think it was Friday, maybe maybe been Thursday as uh Trump was boarding a Marine One helicopter and uh to uh to leave on his tri- his state trip to Japan. Trump um came, you know, and gave a gave a uh, an impromptu press conference. The press is always complaining about Trump. He speaks to the press more than any president uh, in my lifetime. He's he's spoken to uh the press more in his first two years in office and Obama spoke to them during his entire eight years in office and they continue to accuse Trump of um of you know engaging in cover-ups and not being transparent while at the same time he can't uh he he can't talk to them enough anyway here's what uh trump had to say as he departed the white house for his japan trip so we want to be very transparent so as you know i declassified everything everything they want i put it under the auspices of the attorney general he's going to be in charge of it He's a uh, great gentleman and a highly respected man. So everything that they need is declassified, and they'll be able to see how this uh, hoax, how the hoax or witch hunt started and why it started. Uh, it was a an attempted coup or an attempted takedown of the President of the United States. It should never, ever happen to anybody else. So it's very important. Now, people have been asking me to declassify for a long period of time. I've decided to do it, and you're going to learn a lot. I hope it's going to be nice, but perhaps it won't be. Why did the foreign investigation not turn out the way you think it will? Well, we're going to see. I gave, as you know, I declassified, I guess, potentially millions of pages of documents. I don't know what it is. I have no idea, but I want to be transparent. Everybody wanted me to declassify. I've done it. And... You could almost say he's the trustee. He's a highly respected man. Our attorney general is in charge. Let's see what he finds. But we have we have documents now that I have declassified for the purpose of the attorney general. He can then show them to the public, do whatever he wants to do with them. But you have to get down to what happened, because what happened is a tremendous blight on our country. What happened the investigation, they tried to do a takedown, and you can't do that. And let me just tell you, this should never, ever happen 
to another president again. Mr. President, why should we both trust the Attorney General to select what to declassify? Even Robert Mueller expressed concerns about the way Barr handled his findings. Did you hear what that reporter just asked? Why should people trust Bill Barr? Well, why shouldn't they trust Bill Barr? Oh, he's a political appointee of the president. Well, every attorney general is a political appointee of the president. The question is whether Bill Barr has done anything to indicate that uh, he is political in nature or that he is uh, cannot be trusted. And the answer is no. Bill Barr has conducted himself at the highest professional standards and it is perfectly appropriate, and I would say absolutely essential, that the American people learn about what Comey and Brennan and the Obama White House, Susan Rice, Sally Yates, Susan, um, the, uh, the U.N. ambassador, were doing. They were surveilling the Trump campaign. They were unmasking people. They were sending spies to infiltrate the Trump campaign. It is absolutely appropriate to do what Barr said, and that is to determine whether or not these actions were adequately predicated on probable cause. And the answer will be no, I believe, because this, uh, all of this was initially based on this dossier they're trying to backpedal now and pretend that, uh, you know, they didn't see the dossier until after all this started, but that's not true. The truth of the matter is the dossier was salted um, to British intelligence and probably Australian intelligence as well, and it was communicated to James, um, to uh, John Brennan, who started sending spies into the Trump campaign. That's why John Brennan is absolutely panicked over this declassification order because up until now um coats over there the uh the dni director of national intelligence and gina haspel have been true to their institutional loyalties and protected um the the wrongdoing that went on in their agencies because they they uh, they have long histories with these agencies and they are institutional um, operatives whose first loyalty is not to the nation but to these agencies. So that's the whole idea that declassifying this information is somehow going to hurt national security is a pure canard. You'll recall when uh, Devin Nunes was demanding the declassification of many of the documents related to the FISA warrant, Actually, he wasn't even demanding that they be declassified. He was just demanding to see them. They redacted information that was purely just redacted to keep the agencies from being embarrassed. One of the things they redacted was uh, Andy McCabe's decision to spend $70,000 on a conference room table. Now, how did that affect national security exactly? It didn't at all. But John Brennan appeared on MSNBC, where, by the way, he is a paid political analyst, just like Jim Clapper over at CNN. So the former head of the CIA is on the payroll of a rapidly anti-Trump, I don't want to call them a news organization because they're not a news organization at this point. They're a propaganda outlet. 
and the former director of national intelligence is his counterpart over there at CNN. And you wonder why anybody would question, or they wonder why anybody would question these men's motivations when they they, uh, went after Trump. They left their office, walked out the door, and right over to these uh, propaganda outlets that are trying to unseat Trump. So if they were willing to compromise their professional standards and integrity to that point, why would anybody believe that they wouldn't be willing to compromise professional ethics and, and standards prior to the election? It's pretty, uh, pretty hard to believe, and I think at this point very few people do believe that. But here's John Brennan appearing on MSNBC with Chris Hayes, who is the um, the more feminine of um, you know the uh, Maddow and Hayes tag team. But uh, here's what he has to say about Trump's delegation of authority to declassify. How big a deal do you read the portion of the executive order last night that appears to give Barr the unilateral authority to declassify? Well, I see it as a very, very serious and outrageous move on the part of Mr. Trump once again. He sees it as outrageous that the president of the United States would give the authority to the attorney general of the United States to declassify intelligence. It's not outrageous at all. It's perfectly appropriate for the Department of Justice to get to the bottom of the wrongdoing that went on and Uh, The only way that Barr is going to be able to get his hands on this information and share the appropriate information with the American public, that information that brings light to what happened but does not compromise sources and methods, is to delegate that authority. Brennan thinks that's outrageous. Trampling upon the statutory authorities of the Director of National Intelligence and the heads of the independent intelligence agencies. It's trampling. And it's unclear to me what Mr. Barr actually is going to do. Is he investigating a crime? Well, what's the predication of that crime? Or is he just going to be looking for information? I think, as you rightly pointed out at the top, that Mr. Trump can... That is rich. What is the predication for this inquiry? Well, well, let's just call it a, a counterintelligence investigation. How's that? That's how you guys um, skirted the requirements of probable cause to gin up a criminal investigation. You just called it a counterintelligence investigation until you had ginned up enough bogus entrapment and misinformation supplied by the Russians, by the way, to, uh, to, to start a criminal investigation that allowed you to spy on the Trump campaign. Now, all of a sudden, Brennan's concerned with these things. He wasn't concerned with it back then because they weren't looking at him. So now the Mueller report's complete. They're not looking at Donald Trump any longer. They're now looking at the actions of Brennan, Comer, uh, Clapper, Jim Baker, Sally Yates, Susan Rice, and Barack Obama. Rightly pointed out at the top that Mr. Trump can just give to some of his uh, defenders uh, on the right uh, and cherry pick information that could be taken out of context. But I think more fundamentally, how dare Trump defend himself? How dare him use the same tactics we did when we cherry picked intelligence information and then leaked it 
to our mouthpieces over there at uh, MSNBC and CNN. How dare he? Who does he think he is? Obama? The concern is that very, very precious and sensitive source and methods of the United States intelligence community, as well as our partners and allies abroad, those who share this sensitive information with us. Is Mr. Barr, who doesn't have an understanding of the equities involved, is he just going to release information that he deems uh, appropriate for Mr. Trump's defense? So this is very serious, and I know that... That's exactly what he's going to do. He is going to determine whether or not this information is relevant to to exposing wrongdoing that John Brennan, in large part, was responsible for initiating. My former colleagues uh, in the intelligence agencies uh, are looking at, upon this with great uh, concern and worry. Um, the director of national intelligence, Dan Coates' statement, and get your reaction to it. He says, much like we have with other investigations and reviews, the intelligence community will provide the DOJ all the appropriate information for its review of intelligence activities. Related- I, need to, I need to start this little quote again. This was uh, Dan Coates, the director of national intelligence response to Trump's delegation of this uh, declassification authority. And uh, then we'll comment as it goes. Worry. Um, the director of national intelligence, Dan Coates' statement, and get your reaction to it. He says, much like we have with other investigations and reviews, the intelligence community will provide the DOJ all the appropriate information for its review of intelligence activities related to Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. And- so you'll notice what he's saying there. He's saying we're going to give them uh, the appropriate information related to Russian interference in the 2016 election. First of all, it's not up to him under this delegation order. To determine what's appropriate, he is to give whatever the attorney general asks for. And it's quite telling that he he says that uh, he wants to give information related to Russian interference in the 2016 election, not into the intelligence and law enforcement agencies' uh, surveillance and infiltration of the Trump campaign. That's what uh, Barr is investigating. As part of that process, I am confident the Attorney General will work with the intelligence community in accordance with long-established standards to protect highly sensitive classified information that if publicly released would put our national security at risk. What do you think of that statement? Well, I have a lot of respect for Dan Coates. Uh, I think he is trying to protect the men and women of the intelligence community. Please, Dan Coates, I respect you. Don't don't, uh, expose me. Protect the men and women of the intelligence community, by which he means himself. Jim Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page. And what he says in there is that they will provide, the intelligence community will provide the appropriate information. And I think that's critically... The appropriate information. It is not up to Dan Coates to determine what information is appropriate. That, that will be determined by William Barr, the Attorney General of the United States. But uh, Brennan's here on national TV before God and everybody, basically appealing to Dan Coates to continue to cover up how this whole thing got started. Important. What is that appropriate information? Hmm. What is the basis for those requests? But I do hope that Dan Coates and Gina Haspel stand up to this effort by Mr. Trump, which really does seem to go into the sensitive files, the very sensitive, whether it be technical or or human uh, source files, and to pull out of that information that they may see fit as to defend Mr. Trump. So, uh, again, I implore Dan Coates, uh, Gina Haspel, and others to stand up. uh, 
uh, to this, uh, I think, uh, unprecedented act on the part of Mr. Trump, who doesn't understand nor care about the national security uh, concern. Oh, shut up. How dare Trump send the attorney general into the files of our vaunted intelligence agencies to discover whether or not we engaged in wrongdoing when we tried to unseat the president of the United States first to prevent his election and then to prevent his inauguration and having failed that to destroy his presidency. Quite amazing, really. We've got to run out to a break. We're going to have two commercials and then we'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. And welcome back to Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So we're talking about Trump's order uh, delegating the authority to declassify information related to the CIA and the FBI and the NSA's and the Obama White House's surveillance and infiltration of Trump's campaign, probably the biggest political scandal in the history of this nation. We actually had one administration using the massive law enforcement and intelligence resources of this country in a political manner in order to defeat the presidential candidate of the opposing party. And you got the New York Times and the Washington Post and John Brennan on on MSNBC and James Clapper on CNN saying that this is somehow illegitimate to look into these matters. So after three years of sliming this president as some sort of traitor and Manchurian candidate representing a foreign hostile power and having that debunked by a radically partisan team of prosecutors headed by Robert Mueller. We're just supposed to let that be water under the bridge. Oh, well, turns out that Donald Trump is not a a puppet of Vladimir Putin. Let's get on with the business. Get on with the business of trying to impeach him by declaring that he was innocent and pointing out the fact that everybody that Robert Mueller was highly conflicted in in, uh, his appointment as special counsel. 
But the big uh, reveal for the New York Times was, and they really are skilled propagandists, it is impossible to overstate just how, what a high level the propaganda coming out of the New York Times and the Washington Post to a lesser degree is conducted. They write these long uh, pieces making the argument about why the American people should not know what went on with the intelligence of the CIA and the FBI and this uh, surveillance attempt against the opposing political party. And, and they have no sense of self-awareness of, or, or their own hypocrisy whatsoever arguing against the, uh, the uh, publication of national secrets when they themselves are the prime purveyors of national security secrets through leaks in the, from the deep state. And their argument this time is that um, by doing this, Bill Barr is going to expose a mole within the Kremlin, and it may threaten his life. They're claiming that a lot of this information that Brennan used to establish this task force that surveilled and infiltrated the Trump campaign was obtained from a mole within the Kremlin. Now, first of all, you have to step back and realize that the New York Times and the Washington Post published the existence of a mole within the Kremlin. Whether or not it exists, I'm not sure. It may be uh, just a uh, a mechanism ginned up by uh, Brennan to predicate this whole investigation. But Brennan's not complaining about the fact that the New York Times and the Washington Post published a uh, the claim that there was a mole inside the Kremlin. And the reason he's not objecting to it, I believe, is because he is most likely the source of that. He is most likely the source of that leak. And all of this, I think, is to hide what has also come out, and that is that John Brennan was regularly circumventing the daily intelligence briefing to deliver information to Barack Obama about uh, these efforts to surveil and infiltrate the Trump campaign. And he delivered this information to Obama by hand, personally, in a manila envelope, periodically. And one of the things I would really like to know is what's, what was in those manila envelopes. And that is why the New York Times has crafted this narrative that there's this mole in the Kremlin and that any uh, publication of, of, uh, of the, the, what's contained in those manila envelopes will put his life at risk. First of all, there's three possible scenarios here. One is what Brennan's saying is true. He had a mole that was feeding him information directly 
from Vladimir, and from Vladimir Putin's inner circle. In which case, John Brennan has uh, either facilitated or at least not objected to the exposure by the New York Times and the Washington Post that that mole existed, which in and of itself would almost assure that they would find out who he is and either um, use him for disinformation or uh, put him to death because he would be a traitor to, uh, to the Russian nation. The second possibility is that uh, this person doesn't exist at all, that he is merely a concoction by John Brennan in order to predicate that word that, um, that keeps popping up, this surveillance effort against the Trump campaign by feeding information that was designed to support Christopher Steele's bogus dossier, in which case John Brennan would be a traitor and would uh, go a long way toward explaining why he has become so frantic in his efforts to stop any of this information from coming out. And the third possibility is that John Brennan got played like a fiddle. That John Brennan was uh, was communicating with somebody inside Vladimir Putin's inner circle that was in fact feeding him disinformation, the same type of disinformation that the former head of the FSB was feeding to Stephen Halper, who then uh, gave it to Christopher Steele to use in this bogus dossier. In which case, Brennan would be a massive fool. And the, um, the release of this classified information would he- expose him. So let's go through that again. Three possibilities. One, Brennan compromised a source inside Vladimir Putin's circle by letting it uh, be leaked to the New York Times and the Washington Post that he existed. Two, Brennan made up this mole and use that in information that he fed to the White House in order to uh, to predicate this takedown, this attempted takedown of the incoming president. Or three, that John Brennan probably participated in the biggest disinformation campaign, at least since the Cold War, that was used to cripple the first two years of, a pres- uh, of an incoming presidential administration. None of those redound very well to John Brennan. So Brennan and his uh, and the Obama handmaidens and the media have deployed this argument that Bill Barr doesn't dare classify, declassify any of this information. Otherwise, John Brennan's source inside the Kremlin is going to be compromised. It's totally irrational. The fact that it is known that there is a mole in there is all the FSB would need in order to identify that person. You're saying that they're they're communicating with uh, CIA spies and uh, the the FSB is not going to be able to identify who that is. That's very that's a long shot. 
So on PBS, uh, they trotted out Jeff Greenfield, an establishment uh, toady journalist who cultivates these sources in the deep state. It's a symbiotic relationship. You give me information that I can get, uh, you know, uh, scoops on, and I will publish information that's designed to forward your narrative. And he appeared on PBS and uh, answered a few questions from, from their host. Joining me now from Santa Barbara is special correspondent Jeff Greenfield. Jeff, the president has a idea that this entire thing, the, the let's say the Mueller report, were the fruits of his labors and that the, the tree itself is poison, the surveillance activities that happened during the campaign at Trump Tower, et cetera, they should be ferreted out. What's so wrong with him saying to his attorney general, get to the bottom of it and unclassify anything you need to? What's so wrong indeed? Declassify anything you need to. If it won't hurt national security, let the American people know. We've just been drugged through two years of a massive hoax. American people deserve some answers of why their chosen candidate for president of the United States has been hamstrung by the previous administration. Well, from the intelligence agency's perspective, the danger is that you now have a political appointee of the president who, if he is serving the president's political interests, may be compromising intelligence sources. Where do See, we're only allowed to have people heading up this investigation who are trying to take down Trump. We're not allowed, now that the Mueller report has confirmed that there was no collusion or coordination, we're not allowed to have any look into... Um, you know, how this whole thing started or, or heaven forbid anybody uh, protect the president of the United States by looking at what has now been established thoroughly through the Mueller report as being a hoax. And there's a, there's a big debate that is broken out of whether or not this term hoax is adequate to describe what the Obama administration engaged in. It's obviously not funny. And hoax is is not nearly a broad enough term for what they did. What they really tried to do was engage in political warfare against the Trump campaign and now the Trump administration. And you've got these establishment journals like Jeff Greenfield saying that any effort to correct the record or defend this president is somehow illegitimate this information come from? And if our adversaries were able to figure out who the sources were, that could pose a, a serious, serious issue. The second thing I would say is there is no dispute at all among any intelligence people that Russia did, in fact, try to interfere with the election. That is, uh, that is, you can say that about any election. The United States interferes with Russia's elections. We interfere, uh, they interfere in our elections. This has been going on since for a hundred years the level of the interference in this election has been blown up all beyond proportion and claimed to represent an, uh, an attempt to help donald trump and hurt hillary clinton when in fact at the very least what this was is an attempt to uh so discord and diminish confidence in our electoral process. And by that standard, they have been wildly successful because Obama's uh, administration allowed it to be successful by forwarding these false narratives and this disinformation campaign that was, in, uh, that was um, launched by the Kremlin. 
that this notion that they somehow preferred Donald Trump to Hillary Clinton is laughable. Donald Trump was going in saying that he was going to unleash American energy resources, build up our military, revamp our trade deals to return America to a, a vibrant economic superpower. Why would they have preferred Donald Trump to Hillary Clinton? doesn't make any sense at all. But you're not allowed to ask whether things make sense anymore. You're just required to swallow the propaganda coming out of the left-wing media. Question is whether the Trump campaign had anything to do about it. And so if the goal of the president... The question is not whether the Trump campaign had anything to do about it, as Jeff Greenfield, Greenfield just stated. We've established that after two years, $40 million... 2,500 subpoenas, 500 search warrants, an exhaustive effort by radical partisans to try to prove that Donald Trump was a Vladimir Putin toady. They found nothing. That is no longer a question. But the Democrats and the House of Representatives want to keep beating this drum, beating this dead horse, as long as they can, because they know that 90% of the American people only pay attention to these kind of things on a superficial level and if they can keep generating smoke maybe somebody will believe there's fire there is to undercut that essential argument uh, you can see how a war would begin uh, uh, set up between the president and his political people and his own appointees in the intelligence operations. So the intelligence operations have been fairly consistent throughout this entire episode saying that there is a connection to Russia that the Russians did interfere but the president has a completely different narrative, and he's been selling that to his followers and voters. That's right. The Mueller report um, is clear about the sweeping nature of what the Russians tried to do in 2016. Even the most ardent Trump supporters, I think, on Capitol Hill, the Republicans, really won't push back on that. You know why they won't push back on that? Because these intelligence agencies have all of their phone calls and emails as well. They don't dare push back on that. You remember when... Chuck uh, Schumer went on with uh, Rachel Maddow and pointed out that the intelligence agencies, you don't cross the intelligence agencies. They have nine ways from Sunday to get back at you. And that's exactly what uh, we have been witnessing for these last two years. Don't call out our wrongdoing. Don't call out our misdeeds. Don't you dare fire the FBI uh, director. Because we'll bring in a former FBI director that mentored him to put you through a two and a half year long rectal exam. But, you know, as Robert Lifson writes in Real Clear Politics, all of this is coming to a head now. These uh, deep state swamp creatures are, are starting to point fingers at each other. And... Um, they're, they're desperately trying to undermine the credibility of Bill Barr. And they have good reasons. They want to keep as much secret as they can because exposing this information will, sh will show, one, that they've been lying to the American people, and two, that they have done great damage to America's national interests. But this guy, Bill Barr, I played a clip for you the other day during his first confirmation hearing back uh, for George H.W. Bush. He said he doesn't care what the media says. He's not going to be deterred by that. And he certainly didn't return for a second 
um, appointment as attorney general to pad his resume. He is old enough where none of that matters to him. He returned to, to restore the integrity at the Department of Justice and the FBI and and a, a great side effect we're going to have now that Trump has ordered this declassification authority is that he can also shine a light on the wrongdoing in the intelligence agencies. And Barr is absolutely determined to do that. You saw how they panicked when he pointed out the obvious that had been obvious for since the very beginning of the Mueller investigation, that these agencies did, in fact, spy on the Trump campaign. And if Bill Barr starts exposing the fact that not only was it Stephen Halper and Alexander Downing and Azra Turk, but also Joseph Mifsud and Peter Sater and Hank Greenberg, then you're going to have the makings of a political mm, bombshell like this country has never witnessed. And it's going to expose the mainstream media as being propagandists for the Democrats. It's about damn time. So they had uh, European Union elections over in, uh, in Europe this last week. The results came in on Sunday. And it turns out that the nationalist forces, the populist nationalist forces captured about 25% of the seats in the EU. Now, keep in mind that they're there for one reason and one reason only, and that is to take back sovereignty for these nations and to defeat the globalists, this globalist project of the European Union that's designed to subordinate national sovereignty, national interests, the people of these nations in Europe to this new world order that that they have set up. And in the United Kingdom, Nigel Farage established a Brexit party just six weeks ago. Six weeks ago, Nigel Farage established a political party, and they won by a, a big majority, well, a majority is not the right word to use in these parliamentary systems, but they won by over 10% over the established parties, the Labor and Conservative parties. As a matter of fact, Labor came in fourth out of the fifth five major parties over there, and the Conservatives were handily defeated by Bar- uh, Farage's Brexit party. So here's Bar- uh, Farage speaking to the Brexit party shortly after the win, sort of putting this uh, into context and answering the question of where, where we go from here. Never before in British politics has a new party launched just six weeks ago top the polls in a national election. The reason, of course, is very obvious. We voted to leave in a referendum. We were supposed to do so on March the 29th, and we haven't. There's a huge message here, massive message here, Uh, The Labour and Conservative parties could learn a big lesson from tonight, though I don't suppose that they actually will. The new date is the 31st of October. Uh, We in the Brexit party have got men and women of considerable business experience. We want to be part of that negotiating team. We want to take responsibility for what's happening, uh, and we're ready to do so. I hope the government is listening. I have to say this. 
If we don't leave on October the 31st, then the scores you've seen for the Brexit party today will be repeated in a general election, and we are getting ready for it. Thank you. Congratulations to the voters in the United Kingdom for recognizing that their government at Westminster and Number 10 Downing Street have been taken over by the globalists and, and, and uh, sending Nigel Farage and his Brexit party to the European Union and, uh, and undermining that, that globalist institution from within. And as Farage says right there, if they don't get the message, if the conservative party ignores the will of the people on this, then they will be swept from power just as the Labor Party uh, was came in fourth out of five parties and the, um, the British people will take back their government. The same thing happened in France and Italy and uh, Hungary and Poland and many other nations, the conservative, nationalist, populist parties were the overwhelming winner. In France... It was Marine Le Pen's National Front, I'm not sure, I think they call it Front National now, that uh, came out on top, beating uh, Emmanuel Macron's party by two points. This, uh, this clip I'm about to play for you here says they beat him by one point. They, in fact, beat him by two points. So Le Pen's party now has, has garnered more votes in a national election than the ruling uh, party of Emmanuel Macron. Here's a clip from Sky News. A triumphant day for Marine Le Pen. Her national rally party, previously the National Front, gaining just over 23% of the vote, putting them in first place. For the head of the party's list, the results aren't just a referendum on Europe, but on President Macron himself. It isn't only Macron's politics or his person that have been rejected today. It's also the European Union, which defended the President of the Republic. The EU can no longer ignore people's hopes for security, freedom and sovereignty. It must therefore radically realign its political, social and migratory policies. It's a blow for the pro-European centrist president. His new Republic on the Move party was in second place with 22%. Merkel had personally invested time in campaigning in the week before the vote and made clear his ambition to lead a revival of pro-European liberals to hold back the tide of populist nationalism. Despite the disappointment of coming in a percentage point below the far right, Macron's party hailed the result as a success for a group that didn't even exist in the last EU elections. So only with the globalists uh, do you win when you win and you win when you lose. He was, uh, his party was thoroughly rebuked by Le Pen's party. And, and they've got their uh, mouthpieces out there claiming that that's somehow a success. Hey, have you uh, taken my advice and gone over to Tar River Arms and looked at their, their uh, line of um, pistols and revolvers? Six Warrior P320 line of pistols and Smith & Wesson's revolvers? This is a fantastic source for you to be able to purchase um, your weapons from a, a trusted advisor online. And if you'd rather go into their store, they're about to open their first store here in July in Wake Forest, North Carolina. 
And when they do, Mojo 5.0 is going to be broadcasting live from the scene. Tar River Arms is America's virtual gun store. Great guns, great prices, and great service. Go visit them today at tarriverarms.com. So I could go on and on. Mario Salvini uh, defeated the uh, globalists there in Italy and has become the his party, the Liga party, has become the most popular party in Italy because he has uh, headed uh, that government over there now in a way that is starting to restore Italian sovereignty and security and, and their national economy. And these are just fantastic trends that uh, we are going to have to uh, continue here in the United States. I think a lot of this was um, these these, uh, resurgent parties or insurgent parties were inspired by Donald Trump's win here in the United States. I only wish sometimes, often actually, that Donald Trump was as articulate and effective as Nigel Farage is in in Great Britain and Mario Salvini is in Italy. And I certainly hope there's someone on the horizon to pick up the mantle once uh, Donald Trump uh, leaves office in 2008. So I want to give you a heads up. Uh, You know, we had um, Brian Colfage from We Build the Wall on not too many months ago talking about their efforts to build a privately funded wall on private property along the U.S. border. Well, they have, in fact, now completed their first section of wall. It's a half a mile, but it's in a strategically located position in New Mexico that covers a major weakness. It was strategically deployed, and it has now uh, been constructed And the Border Patrol uh, has acknowledged what a big help this is going to be in securing that uh, that sector from people smugglers, drug dealers, and violent crime. So congratulations to We Build the Wall, Ryan Colfage, Tom Tancredo, Chris Kobach, and the others over there. We look forward to more uh, reports of progress. And we will bring them to you, our listeners, as soon as we hear. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then, folks. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. If you have thyroid eye disease and your eyes feel like they're getting kicked in the backside it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.